Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. Today we'll be talking with artist Arjan Sosueta about his studio practice, the evolution of his work, and why he takes a grateful debt. So stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. Today we'll be joined by Arjan Sosueta. And just to give you a little bit of background information on Arjan, um, he received his BFA degree from Virginia Commonwealth University and his MFA degree from Syracuse University. And then this will hopefully lead into this bit of information that I didn't know. So Arjan, where, where are you currently at? Yeah, um, I'm currently in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, we're living here. Uh, my wife, we came out here because my wife started a PhD program uh, in English here. And, uh, but yeah, we're currently in Lincoln, Nebraska and, uh, teaching at a couple different places and primarily at, um, I'm filling in for, uh, a painting professor who's on sabbatical right now at, um, and he teaches at Nebraska Wesleyan. His name's David Gracie. He's a pretty interesting painter. Um, actually I think he's Chicago based as a matter of fact, um, okay. or he came from Chicago. I think he went to Northwestern. So Chicago painter and, uh, yeah. And were you on a residency too out there at some point? Yeah, um, part of uh, one of the things I'm doing out here is um, I've been involved with this uh, place called the Lux Center for the Arts. Um, typical nonprofit, you know, they do, it feels like a little bit of everything. Um, but they also have this nice um, um, artist in residence program, which provides a, a small studio space, um, an exhibition, a solo exhibition, and you also do some teaching at the center. And they basically help out with. Um, you know, as needed, mopping, sweeping, sure. whatever else needs to be done. So, sure. yeah, it's a pretty cool place, very cool place. Um, and so I, I, my my other question in terms of time now, I, I'm realizing that it's uh, uh, 10 years, really, since we've met, um, since uh, Chautauqua. And um, being the sentimental person that I am, I, I'm really, I really draw an affinity towards that time, and I, I guess I'm just kind of curious what what memories you have about that place and and you know, especially with doing a residency, um, postgraduate school and, and kind of something that you're doing now, I'm just kind of curious to hear your thoughts about Chautauqua. Yeah, Chautauqua, Chautauqua is great. I mean, I, I still, um, I still think it's one of those kind of, uh, real formative kind of art experiences, you know, and I think, were, were you a senior Dave at the time, I think? Yeah, I think, I think so. Okay. And I think I was like, a, maybe like my junior year mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I went. I went back um, in the past two. Not yeah, the past two summers I worked there as the program assistant. So I actually got to go back and kind of like live vicariously, you know, through the other students sure. in a way. Um, but I think um, yeah, I still look really fondly back on Chautauqua. I think it's like one of those um, those experiences you kind of never forget. And I think it also helps you have that uninterrupted time, like for the probably for the first time ever as an artist. You know, you have just like mm-hmm. a, you know two months of time basically um, to try to make some art, and I think you know that's one of those things that you don't necessarily always get because you're working a job or you're trying sure. to like, deal with life. So, but having that luxury, I think, kind of helps helps you get a better understanding of yourself as an artist. So that's I, I still really kind of like value it, and I try to recommend um, to even to I have a couple students that I've um, recommended that they apply. Um, yeah. So maybe they can get in, you know. I've I've had an interesting experience in trying to convince people to apply for for years as well, just because for me it was just such a rewarding, you know, yeah. experience. Um, and obviously, like at the time, you were doing a bit more uh, sculptural type work, um, 
and I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about that in terms of your, your more recent studio work and, you know, this might be a really lofty and long kind of, uh, answer, but, um, could you talk a little bit about that process of maybe how you went maybe from being a more 3d based artist to being a more multidisciplinary kind of artist now? Yeah. I mean, I, um, you know, I started out, well, when I started out as an art student, um, I made so many jumps, I think. I started out as graphic design, thinking I was going to do graphic design. And then then when I started at Virginia Commonwealth, I started out as a painting major. And then I moved into the sculpture department, actually ended up graduating from sculpture. Um, I was working on trying to do a painting minor, or maybe a double major, because <clears throat> I had enough credits. But I just couldn't, I couldn't stay any longer. You know, like the student loans were starting to rack up, so I, I figured it was probably a good idea to graduate. Um, and... Yeah, definitely was making more objects. Um, even in grad school, you know, I was in a sculpture program, but I I was really thinking a lot about, I mean, a number of things were happening, but I was thinking about what happens when you graduate. What happens when you finish? Like, what, what kind of spaces I've had in between grad school and undergrad? And so I think a large way that started to make me think about what I could possibly do that didn't require, like, a giant studio or didn't require, like, foundries and metal equipment and all this wood shops and stuff like that. And so I started making more and more drawings. And I think um, something weird happened in grad school where the work just started getting more and more um, ephemeral. And it's like almost like started disappearing, you know, became like flatter and thinner. Like first sculptures were bigger and they got thinner, and they got smaller and they turned into just paper drawings on paper. And then they were like, you know, paper towels and napkins. And it just kind of like disappeared more and more and more. I think, it, and I think also I always wanted to be a painter. I think I just was really scared about it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. just such a daunting history. It's so hard to be a painter, you know, because like you, there's like, you can go all the way back to the cave paintings, you know, and there's interesting stuff. You know, we go to frescoes, there's like Giotto, all the way up to like now, and everything's interesting. It's not like, I'm not as interested in sculpture in a weird way, you know, like I don't, I don't go, I don't have the same kind of reaction to like um, a marble sculpture that I do to like a Giotto wall, you know, wall fresco or mm-hmm. fresco. But it's such a daunting thing to try to take on, and I think, um, I think personally, I think I just was always really scared of it. Um, also, acknowledging my limitations, like how well can I draw, you know, how well can I do this or that, and I think I was really intimidated and scared. And so I think there's been this kind of transition transition after you get out of school, you kind of have to do what you want to do, you know, and and also be prepared to take the flack for it. Like if you put these paintings up, maybe they're not that good, right? <laughs> so. I think that that's, but I, but I also think too, I, I want to, um, I think I would probably always make a kind of combination of things. Like I'd love to make some sculptures. I just don't have a studio that could really accommodate it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I don't know. I always dream of this giant mammoth studio. So, <laughs> I always know? dream of an, an, an assistant that I can make, make mix colors and stuff like that. Yeah, that too. Um, that too. <laughs> and well, and, and the funny thing is I don't think I'd ever do it, but there's, there's times where I spend, stupidly and I've even posted on Facebook like two hours mixing just a bunch of colors in preparation for painting. And you're just kind of like, man, the, sometimes the fun is, is kind of done, you know, for me, uh, much earlier on in, in composition, I guess, you know, where the versus that work. Um, but, uh, in, so I have a number of obviously questions based on your, your studio practice and that evolution. But, um, I guess I, a couple of things, um, you obviously work with a lot of different materials that you kind of talked about. Um, 
do you just try to find, I don't know, I mean, what, what makes you drawn to a certain material? Is it about particular projects that you're working on or like a new series? Um, and I guess to combine two questions here then, because I'm wondering how the level of abstraction relates to your current work, which is a little bit more figurative-based. So I guess there's like 15 questions in there. Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, I think really when I, when, I, when I get really excited by materials, it's usually has something to do with that surface, like the surface, like the image, if there's an image on it or some sort of repetitive pattern, or if it literally has like a, like a surface, like, an, uh, like a felt has that funky kind of weird surface or like a sheer fabric or something like that. I like, you know, but definitely patterns are important. Um, I think I'm going to just try to jump right into this other question. Yeah, this thing about abstraction, you know, the thing is, like, I have, um, I, I, I've been t- basically bouncing back and forth between using images and then Im- and then things that have, like, no, that are totally non-representational. Um, like, I just finished this series of paintings. Um, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you saw these, Dave. There are some images. I think I had some images on Facebook from it. Um, they were all built off these marker drawings. And um, I think what's become, in a weird way, most important is trying to maintain some sort of consistent marker or some consistent drawing practice. And so this last little, little batch of like 50 or so drawings were all basically these marker studies. And um, then from those marker studies, real quick, like I tried to go do one or two when I got to the studio, you know, clean up a little, move some shit around, and then maybe like make one or two drawings with these markers. And then from those, then I tried to make... Um, kind of like fully realized paintings that in essence were translations of these these drawings. In this case, these all happen to be like completely abstract, mostly just about line and color and things like that. So I have these two things going on, and I think that's part of the thing I'm kind of wrestling with is how to um, maybe make them work together mm-hmm. you know? and how to, um, how to kind of reconcile that sort of extreme difference between like, you know, a few blue lines, sure. and then like this this image that's so so, so specific but kind of loaded, mm-hmm. and um, that's that's really where I'm kind of where I'm at right now is trying to figure out how to make the abstract work, maybe speak to some of those ideas or to kind of have, you know, I don't want it to be purely formal. I want it to have some other life besides that. I mean, the formal quality is really important to make it hold together, mm-hmm. but I also want the that abstraction to kind of convey different different kind of ideas and, and I'm not sure if it's working necessarily right now, but I'm trying to, uh, it's, it's where I'm kind of, or it's what I'm kind of wrestling around with trying to figure it out. Sure. Sure. Well, and so, I mean, in that regards, especially cause looking at your, your, what I guess is your newest stuff, it, it seems like it almost kind of takes like a investigation into that into maybe kind of figuring out who you are also. Yeah. I mean, I, I could be entirely misreading it, but I, I thought I remember seeing an image where, um, it seemed like a younger, younger boy dressed as Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the thing is, like, did you see these? Um, so you've seen those. Did you see the uh, the abstract pieces? Um, from 2009 or from if you, more recent? Some, I think there's some on Facebook. I didn't post them to my site yet. Um, okay. But if you look at my Facebook page, there should be, like, if you scroll down, or if you just look at the photos, there should be an, an album of these things. So it's kind of weird. Like, I've kind of... You know, I'm you know I'm half Mexican. My father's side of the family is Mexican, and my mom's side is white. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I always I always find these kind of splits seems to happen, and 
most facets of my life. So in some weird way, I see, like, the abstract work as, like, my, this sounds really weird, but kind of, like, almost like my white side. Mm-hmm. And then the images, I almost feel like, are more like the Mexican side. Or I already keep trying to break it down further, more like an expressionist, more expressionistic side and then, like, a cooler side or mm-hmm. something. But I'm not sure if that really makes any sense. Um, but definitely there's that I, there's some ideas about identity that I've been trying to play around with. I've been trying to play around with them so they're not so, like, didactic or kind of... Sometimes I feel like things that would be typically called, like, you know, identity-based art <clears throat> aren't necessarily the most interesting things, you know? I'm kind of... I'm more interested in an artist like uh, Mark Bradford, you know, how they... There's sort of, like, there's lots of layers of information that are happening with the work, but they're still really beautiful works, you know? Sure. Um, Julie Meritu or someone like that that has these kind of... There's culture, there's identity, there's a sort of story being told, and then they also make these really fantastic work. Um, so, and I'm not sure. I've been trying to figure out if this is even possible to how to how you could make how you could tell stories or or be more specific about different ideas and storylines with abstract work. That's what I'm kind of trying to figure out if I can if it can be done. And then it's, it always feels like it's even more limited based on a certain style of abstract. Like if it's very reductive abstraction, mm-hmm. it seems even more difficult, right? Sure. So, well, and it's it's super interesting to me just because I mean the the nature of what I what I've been doing it seems like it's been going around and around in, in weird ways forever. Where I'm I'm making paintings now and I'm wondering how long it's going to be until I'm just making pure abstract paintings again. Yeah. Um, so that, that whole process that you're kind of talking about is, is pretty interesting, but also, I mean, um, the way that you're kind of talking about it, exploring identity seems much more about self discovery as opposed to, you know, talking about like the way something makes you, you know what I mean? The, yeah. the way that something makes you feel, um, more as a person rather than like as a, as a, you know, specific part of a group or something like that. And it's, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and it's nice to see how that works. And I, I do remember I, I'm just checking out your most recent stuff from this um, this uh, show that you just had recently. Because obviously, I, I remember them all. <laughs> I remember them, but um, you know, obviously they're much they're much more refined from those other um, kind of uh, paper towel kind of abstractions that you're doing from a, a number of years ago. So it's interesting how that how those relationships change. Um, and so, um, could you, I mean, walk us through like a typical, I guess, way that you would work through something. Um, and it might be, again, it might be something where you're obviously depending on what series you're working through, what your ideas are, obviously change depending. So, yeah, I mean like, um, like both the, the last two, um, little batches of paintings, um, the abstract ones and the, uh, the kind of image based ones, basically I'll start with the drawings. So mm-hmm. I've kind of, I've kind of, uh, you know, it's funny how like when you, t- when, you, when you teach, one thing weird I've found about doing some teaching is that, and I haven't taught that much, I'm still kind of new at it, but you, I think you kind of start to determine more about yourself as an artist. Mm-hmm. This is really weird, like, because you have to tell students like, okay, you know, try this, or, you know, when you make this, you really got to do this. And what you're, what you end up doing is you're just kind of like rehashing all the ideas, the things you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you spit them back out, right? Right, so right. Like telling them what what I do or what I believe you should do or whatever. Sure. But like everything, everything kind of stems out of these drawings, like I mentioned before. 
So with that batch of uh, the image, the black and white paintings, kind of, uh, they all I had you know I had been collecting these drawings, trying to generate drawings regularly, and then I kind of and then I selected a batch of them, you know, eight to ten. Because I think I had ten at the time, or maybe like a dozen, but I, I narrowed it down to eight. And then, and then, so I kind of predetermined like which ones I wanted to use for the for a little group of paintings. You know, I knew they were going to be strung together, and so there was this kind of like there's this weird kind of balance I think between like spontane spontaneity and being you know quick and gestural and all this kind of stuff, and then at the same time having like a planner mentality to just kind of execute things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I had determined what they were, then it was just a matter of starting figuring a place to start and then kind of generating them. And they changed a little bit. Um, with the, the abstract pieces, it was the same thing. I had this batch of, like, 50 or so marker drawings, and then I selected, you know, um, five or six to work out. I knew there was going to be a couple larger pieces. And so I'm kind of in the middle of that right now, deciding which ones to, to make next. But there's always sort of, like, those quick gestures, and then it takes a little, little bit long. You know, the second part is, like, taking a longer chunk of time to figure out what size I want to increase it to, um, how do you get the this paint to look like the marker, you know, all these kind of like, almost like a reproduction element. <clears throat> so like the marker drawings are fast and the paintings are a little bit slower just because they have to like wait for one layer, layer, layer to dry before the next one goes on. And you're kind of dealing with those little weird things, even though it's, it's not like a, it's not like a, like a labor intensive process, like a photorealist or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's typically how it works. I mean, even with the paper towels, I still, um, I've been, those are kind of on the back burner right now a little bit, but I try to, I tend to work on those at home when right. I haven't gone to the studio much. I like sit at home and work on those. I always work on those at home anyways. Right. And they're sometimes, they're usually a night project. Like I, it's like one of those things that if it's evening and, you know, I might do a little stitching. I, I mean, I have some really nice ones that I finished recently. So I kind of just, I kind of keep these, I'm kind of keep these things kind of ongoing. You know, I have some new pieces that I think would be great to show. Um, and then kind of keep, you know, I'm just kind of keep generating different things. So I haven't necessarily given up on those. They're just kind of, they haven't, um, they haven't been, been shown recently. So, well, and do you, so do you find that you work a lot of your ideas out then in the sketchbook? Um, you know, not, not as much stuff in the sketchbook lately. I found that my sketchbook's just packed full of like writing. Mm -hmm. Seems lately, but, um, individual, just pieces of paper, not, not great paper. Right, right. Not the worst paper, but just um, individual sheets. So I have, like, little stacks of drawings in my studio, um, you know, collections of drawings. Or sometimes they're in those little spiral-bound drawing pads. You know, nothing too fancy. And um, and I've been trying to, like, generate them that way so that I can kind of, like, lay them all out and look at them. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Well, and it's one of those things with scale that I'm thinking of for like if if you if you're working these things out small and then you're trying to figure out how to make them much larger, like those pieces that that you had shown recently. Um, yeah. It kind of automatically reminded me of like Jonathan Lasker to some degrees. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. There's like a little, yeah, definitely. I mean, not necessarily just visually. I, I mean, also in the process, and you know, also a little shout out to Tim Roby there because uh, I, I know that you know. Yeah. That's 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 who he's in love with. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, Speaking of you know, good artists, he's a great artist. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For sure. Um, and so, I guess you know what, what do you what do you hope to get out of? Right. I should say, what do you get out of the process in terms of what do you want for your work, and then also, you know, what do you 
how does that relate to what the viewer gets, I guess? Yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing, you know, I've been these, uh, and that's what I'm kind of struggling with too, to try to figure out how to balance these things. Like, I feel like the, the image based paintings, there's sort of like, in a way there's more for a viewer to kind of latch onto Mm -hmm. in some ways. I mean, now they're headed down, they're kind of led down a certain kind of path. You know, like if you look at, um, like you got that, obviously like there's like Batman character and there's like these kind of popular culture characters like the Luke Skywalker and the titles help kind of lead that Mm -hmm. thought pattern down that way. And I think that that kind of leads someone more into this sort of like fantastical realm where they can kind of maybe project themselves into that, you know, and sort of imagine what this, what this story kind of is like, but also see themselves in it. But the abstractions kind of like it, I think it shuts down some of those things in some way. So the viewer doesn't necessarily like head, see themselves personally somewhere in that work, Mm -hmm. but they're, but they're more like responding to the formal aspects of it or the, or the aesthetics or the, the kind of emptiness you see in the space. I mean, both those groups of work, there's a certain reductiveness. I think that, um, it's kind of off-putting in some ways. I mean, it's so empty. You know, all, like, both of the, the canvases are, like, virtually... I mean, there's there's so much empty space. Right. And so it's kind of... It's a little bit... Un, I think it makes you a little bit uneasy. Um, yeah, there's... Uh, it, they're two different things. And that's, like like I said, that's kind of why I'm having a little bit of trouble figuring out, like, if I... How to bring those together. Or not right. sure they necessarily need to go together. Or how to... How to, how to make this thing kind of work together because there's things I like from both. And that's like, I'm almost not willing to give up either or. Right. You know? um, well, yeah. yeah. I was going to just say, it, it seems something, you know, you were talking a little bit earlier in terms of figuring out, you know, some of the things that you're interested in postgraduate school. It, it makes me wonder how often I really think about the viewer in the, in that same way that I did when I was, you know, having to verbally defend myself, you know, every, every class or whenever we met for critiques. Um, and, and I think it really kind of does bring, bring that back to that point of, you know, how do you, how do you make this your own thing? You know what I mean? After, after all those other obligations of, you know, writing defenses and this and that, I mean, you know what I mean? To really make it your own thing and to follow through with it. Um, I, and I'm I'm curious then. Have you so have you thought about um, showing these these bodies of work together? Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, I I, uh, I kind of like uh, for this last group, I, I I had I had this I had this idea. You know, how sometimes you get these ideas and you're like, this is gonna be great. You know, and I started <laughs> working on um, <laughs> I started working on these uh, on the abstract pieces, and then I was also working on some image based pieces, and I was gonna sort of pair them together. Mm-hmm. And so I started going down and then like, I noticed that cause I was making these smaller pieces too that I have in my studio. And then like 98% of everything I was producing were these, these pieces that were abstract and there was like one or two images. Mm-hmm. And so I started to think like, okay, maybe, maybe my mind is just in this one spot right now. So maybe this isn't as good idea. And I started to put a few things together and look at it. And I was like, no, nah, this isn't working. And I think my wife, I think Jennifer told me not to do it too. So <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Although I still love the idea, I just think they have to be built. There has to be maybe that maybe it's about building these two things and then figuring out which goes together. Right. I'm not sure. But I definitely thought about that. My kind of fantasy is that I could do a show that had like a little bit of everything. Right. You know, but there was enough consistency so that there could be like a floor sculpture and you know a 
couple drawings and like a painting and whatever. And it wouldn't even be that packed. It would be like relatively spare, but it would all make sense because sure. the, the, you know the links would be there. I haven't actually done it. It's like sort of my like you know be like my I think I think it's like the perfect exhibition. You know, right. But I guess that's why it's in my mind, you know? Sure. Well, and, you know, it's just something interesting just because, I mean, even the, some of the decisions that you've kind of talked about, um, you know, we, there's kind of like a lot to be expected, I guess, of like somebody to look at, really look at a piece of artwork, you know, to really kind of think about it. Um, and and one thing for me that seems interesting and something that you're kind of hinting on a little bit to me is just that because I, I, I've got like a closet full of paintings I'm sure you've got, you know, spaces stacked full of... I'm sure there's a lot of artists that have a lot of work just kind of stacked up like that. And for, you know, not for any kind of really self, you know, fulfilled or, like, important kind of ways. It's really, like, the the thought of seeing all this stuff together eventually. You know what I mean? Um, and, and again, not in some kind of celebrity way, but, I mean, it'd just be amazing to kind of see the last 20 years of your work or 30 years or 40 years, however many. So I don't know. I I think that maybe we're all kind of looking forward to that, I guess, moment and seeing how all of these things interact because they're, you know, we give so much time to them, you know, and we give so much energy towards them. Um, So um, I guess we got a couple, a couple more things here that, well, before we get to some light stuff. um, So what do you find to be the, the biggest, I guess, challenges in, in terms of trying to maintain your studio practice. And obviously you're a family man and have other responsibilities that some other f- folks don't. So, yeah, I mean, you know, basically, uh, we, we, we recently moved into this new place. And so, um, it's been nice. We have this, like, we have a cool place. I have, uh, now I have like a little, I have actually, actually not a little, I have a nice studio downstairs in the basement. Mm-hmm. It's relatively, it's, actually finished you know it's a pretty nice basement and it's got like it's maybe like 150 square feet something like that and i'm kind of setting it up to you know to be usable and then i have this uh i have this other studio space that's like outside of the house at the lux it's small but there's a larger room where you can you know that i can use to make bigger paintings so i have like these and i have these two spaces but all, your life kind of takes over right we've been moving been made, trying to make sure I'm, te- I'm teaching three classes making sure i got I have all that like sure and basically the hard thing is just trying to you know there's so many like excuses and distractions right basically you have you know you have to like try to uh, i mean i try to basically not come up with more excuses so like lately it's been oh i'm setting up my new studio space (laughs) you know i'm I'm going through old paintings and like you know organize you know you you just find all these things to do so so it's been a little quiet the past probably the past month or so Mm mm-hmm so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of getting back to work, but it's just, it's hard. You just have to figure out how to, um, basically how to allo- allocate that time. Right. I mean, that's the hardest thing. Once kid like once people get out of school, once you, when, once we've gotten out of school, you, it's just so easy to like come up with, um, you know, oh, well I have to do this. I have to do that. Sure. So okay. that's what I try to tell my students, you know, to try to like soak it up because they're there and they're like required to be there. and Sure. It's not always the easiest thing. Right. Well, and you get a, you know, stacks of portfolios to grade or papers to grade or, you know, yeah. stuff stuff like that. Um, and it, it just kind of makes me curious then, too, because it, it just makes me it makes me really think about how luxurious that time is. You know, I, I can remember, like, um, 
especially like my, my first year of graduate school, I didn't have um, like a full like halftime. And so I had all this free time to make work. And I just remember this, uh, this, I used to start get up, getting up at like six in the morning with my one buddy to make it to work in the studio. And I would just paint all day, especially on a day that I just had nothing going on. So it's interesting how that process works because now I'm finding myself where I'm, you know, I've got a couple hours and the way that I look at it is, you know what I mean? It's like strategic planning where you're kind of like, okay, if I, I can mix up this color and paint out these areas and then when I get back to it tomorrow they'll be dry you know what I mean it's kind of it's kind of interesting in terms of managing that time so it it makes sense in, in terms of trying to figure out how to how to make it work for you in that regard so yeah totally um I remember there's this great artist named uh, Charles Spurrier and uh, he's a really interesting guy and I remember he gave this talk last last summer at Chautauqua and uh he was talking about how when he Earlier in his career, he was working so much that he, he had to try to figure out all these ways to, like, make art when he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, so he gave this example of how he would, like, he would, like, take a big sheet of paper and, like, lay it out on the street, tape it down on the street in Brooklyn, and then, like, cars would drive over it and stuff. <laughs> and it would already leave, like, he's like, okay, the ground's done, you know? Like, right, right. Just, and it's funny because um, for a while, like, for both the last two groups of work, basically, I would find myself... Um, while I was preparing, like, panels and stuff and stretchers and things, I would, like, swing by the studio, you know, put on, like, uh, three or four coats, you know, put on a coat on three or four panels of, like, um, you know, GAC 100 or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, prime it all up, leave it for a couple hours, and then come back, like, at weird hours, you know, stop and put another coat on or put a layer of gesso on or whatever it was because I just didn't have, I couldn't just sit there for seven hours. Right. you know, read a little bit, let some gesso dry, sand, you know what I mean? So I had to, like, kind of, like, stop in for, like, an hour, leave, stop back for another hour, leave. Sure. Kind of weird. And, yeah, and that's why Chautauqua is so great. Think about it. I mean, just under, I mean, just vast amounts of time. Right. I mean, this is amazing. Well, and, and without, I mean, you know, you think about just the little complications that you have of, like, you know, even something as silly as like getting an oil change. I don't know. It seems like your life gets kind of filled with those little things. Um, whereas, you know, even um, I remember seeing a, a posting um, by Don Don Kimes, the the director, of that recent talk that he kind of gave. And you know, even even now, I can remember being back uh, on a dock actually with you and Tim and some other folks um, after that talk, just kind of like soaking some of these ideas in, in terms of like what it's like to be a painter and, you know, just kind of, I don't know. I think for me really kind of solidified that, you know, like this is, this is something that I can do and something that I really want to do. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's such an interesting, interesting experience, but you certainly realize how lucky you are to have all of that time to just be like, all right, I'm going to skip breakfast and just go to the studio or, you know, I'm going to go landscape painting day and then come back and work on this. Uh, so it's a, it's an interesting thing. Um, so on a light note, what, what what is it that you listen to? What what uh, what keeps your attention while you're while you're working? Yeah, um, I think someone stole my iPod. You know, because our studios are some well, actually, I left it in a more communal area, uh-huh. so that was kind of my fault. But anyways, someone stole my iPod. I'm on the lookout for them. Um, but uh, what do I have now? Um, you know, believe it or not, 
uh, a while back, like, this was probably in grad school, um, I, I was kind of, I got more interested in trying to, like, discover, you know, who I was or my past or whatever, and my father is a big Grateful Dead fan, so he started sending me all these Grateful Dead records. Really? Yeah, or not records, but CDs. Um, and so I found um, that actually the Grateful Dead was really great for getting any kind of repetitive work or any kind of, like, tedious work done. So I have an iPod stocked full of um, Grateful Dead albums. Right. Um, and then related Grateful Dead things, like there's this, there's this um, folk group, uh, Old and in, in the Way, that um, Jerry Garcia and... Um, uh, can't remember his name. This other guy put together, and then there's like, then then my uncle started sending me like bluegrass stuff that was related to the girl. So I have this iPod stocked full of like all sorts of Grateful Dead stuff. And then um, what else do I have in there? I've got um, I like to listen to Stereo Lab. I found that like the the music that helps me best is something that's kind of somewhat ambient, but also still kind of has something going on like the Grateful Dead or Stereo Lab. Um, I got some Gamelon, um, um, like, uh, I can't remember where this is from, Gamelon Gong. It's uh, sort of like this, like, I think it's from Thailand, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, what else is in there? Stereo Lab. Um, I got your Guns and if I need to get pumped up, I got like, numerous Guns and Roses albums. <laughs> um, I got my hardcore, like, rap, selections right that's 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 more like if i need like i'm trying to get some work like like i need to build some shit you know right um and uh what else depeche modes in there right um i need, i need to update my music my ipod to tell you the <laughs> truth. i gotta tell you and actually i find my um, students usually have um like my one student was telling about this um icelandic like alternative group that i guess is newish but, um, yeah, I need to seriously update my iPod. But, yeah, I got some – those are kind of like – that's what I listen to over and over again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got the Adele – actually, I got this – I've had it for a while now, but that Adele CD is kind of nice, like, just to kind of, like uh, – certain things I turn on just, like – I don't know about you, but I always kind of, like, move shit around and clean a little bit. Right. When I get there. Like, it doesn't really – I mean, it's dirty anyways, but it's kind of – I mean, it's pretty tidy, actually. My studio is pretty clean. Right. But um, I'm always kind of moving things around and straightening up. Um, <laughs> So well, well, in terms of music, again, and you know, it works out perfectly for this. But um, in terms of this podcast, I had to look for free, free music, basically. Okay. You know I mean, something that I don't have. Not that there's there's a hundred thousand of you. I wish there was a camera so that people could see me <laughs> pointing. Um, but you know what I mean. It's not like there's a hundred thousand people listening to this or something, and I'm going to get sued. But um, you know, it was a concern. But I found this website called Free Music Archive. Um, where actually the, the introduction that I use is by um, something that I found in the ambient, I think, electronic music, uh, Tony Higgins. Um, okay. But there is so much free music, it's unbelievable. And so in terms of just finding out stuff like that, there's all sorts of different categories and stuff. Because um, well, like you, I kind of like to listen to a lot of things. So, I mean, I'll be jumping from um, one of my favorites is uh, the awful kind of one-and-done band. Well, it's not awful. It's good to me. But uh, The Outfield, um, really, really kind of silly band from, from the 80s. But you put that in a Pandora, it becomes kind of one of the greatest 80s stations ever. Nice. Um, and it's just strange to me because I, you know, as somebody that grew up not 
not uh, not a big fan of sports, or at least not not a big baseball fan, football fan. Um, it's hilarious to me because I get all of that now, but it's all about like mixed martial arts and watching UFC, and so it's hilarious because I spend you know a couple hours a week while I'm working on stuff, listening to people talk about this, or you know, on a more intellectual level, like Radio Lab. Um, which is a really good program um, where they kind of talk about the human condition and all these kinds of different ways and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's certainly interesting what kind of keeps you going, I guess, you know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. Makes you want to feel motivated. Well, cause I mean, obviously even just that act of moving stuff around, you want to make a, a studio experience where you want to come in and, and feel like you're able to work, you know? Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. I, I do think that my musical taste is maybe, like, stuck in, like, you know, like, it, it never evolved past, like, high school or something. Like, you know, like, all the things I liked in high like, as a senior in high school, I still kind of like. Um, right. <laughs> that's not, that's maybe not the best, maybe that's not good, I don't know. Well, it, and it's interesting, too, I mean, in the, in the context of us both being, you know, people that have studied art and then now are teaching art, um, you know, the way that music relates to a classroom setting. And, and I'm, I'm basically where, where my teachers were, you know what I mean? Where most of the time I'll just kind of play whatever I, I wind up playing and not usually the same CD like some of my art professors did, you know, for every class that I kind of attended. But um, um, so just a, a couple more things here. Um, and I, I guess first, before we get to my my last and kind of my favorite question is, uh, is, is there just anything kind of going on that you want people to know about? Um, obviously we'll have all your info for checking out work, but any big, uh, shows that you're working towards or new projects that we should look out for? Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is I'm, I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's not, you know, it's not exactly <laughs> a huge, a huge market. Um, but, um, I have a, I do, I'm doing a two person show at, um, pretty cool place called Tugboat. Uh, okay. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, actually, uh, Ben Gardner has some work up right now. Actually, really nice paintings at Tugboat. Um, working on that for, I think it's March or April. Mm-hmm. And um, so working towards that. And then and then personally, I've just been working on a number of, um, probably for a couple different shows. I've been working on one sh- a show I deal with a friend of mine that we're trying to um, figure out now where we can kind of place it. So I'm working a little bit on that and some other little proposals, not necessarily my own work, but... Um, for other people's uh, for other people's work, and uh, but really that's the main that's the main thing I'm thinking about now is this um, the show at Tugboat in the spring, and um, it's pretty quiet you know the teaching and um, just did the show the show at Nebraska Wesleyan, um, but that's about as exciting as it is right now. It's pretty it's been pretty, and actually you know it's a funny thing I, I kind of like you know I haven't lived in the, I've lived in Ohio but I haven't really been in the Midwest. For, for that long, mm-hmm. but it's one of the things I've kind of really been enjoying while I've been out here is like it's it's kind of remote in some way. I mean, not in some ways; it's just remote. So, I definitely feel even just being out here, I feel like less pressure in a mm-hmm. weird way, mm-hmm. which I think is good, but then also kind of bad. You know, it can really lull you, I think, into like this, you know, kind of real quiet kind of environment you know i don't even think of chicago as a midwest i mean it's a city city, you know so i mean i know it's a midwestern city but it's just different this is like really midwest right right you know what i mean what 
And that's, uh, it, I mean, even though it wasn't even intended, but now I've got this wonderful burning question of, you know, what, so they talk about isolation, you know, a lot in grad, you know what I mean? Like this is the last time you'll ever have that. You'll have all these people around and, you know, um, and you realize eventually one day it might be more true than, than you'd like to think. Um, so, I mean, I mean, what, how do you, um, how do you find a way to kind of keep that invigorated? I know from, for myself, um, for example, and consider this an open invite. Um, um, I've been doing hopefully what'll be like an annual painting trip with a bunch of my friends where we just go out and, you know, paint landscapes in Southern Illinois. Um, at the beginning of the summer, I mean, do you, I mean, do you find a way to reach out to people, um, you know, either in your community or obviously I'm hoping that, you know, a model like this where you can kind of listen to people talking about their studio practice could kind of help you know, bridge some of those things that are missing, but how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's a really, I mean, that's a great, I mean, that's totally true, Dave. Um, I'm, you know, I try to, uh, I try to just touch base with people, you know, chat with them, like Skype. I mean, the cool thing about Skype is you can actually do like little virtual studio visits, mm-hmm. you know, which is super cool. Um, I, uh, I try to get to New York as often as I can. I mean, this year I'll go be there in the springtime for sure. I was hoping to be there this fall. There's like a lot of really great painting shows up right now. Um, and definitely here, like in Lincoln, you know, there's definitely, I've met some really interesting artists. Um, it's funny because every city, every location has really interesting people, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter if it's New York or LA or, or Lincoln, Nebraska or Des Moines, Iowa. I mean, every place has really interesting people. The difference between like, you know, Lincoln and like Chicago is that there's, Chicago has like a big infrastructure or a bigger infrastructure that helps like document these interesting people that are around. So I met some really cool artists here, try to do, you know, do studio visits and, and talk about art. Um, also then I've been finding that like, like Ben's going to be coming to pick up some work, um, on Monday. So Mm -hmm. I think we're going to chat about maybe doing a little like project with our students. So there's different ways Like you find that suddenly when you're in like a place like Lincoln, you're like, eh, three hours isn't that far away. Right, right. You know, and, like, it suddenly becomes, like, you know, Kansas City's only two hours and a half hour, two hours away. That's not that far. Right. So I, would, I try to reach out as much as possible because I, have, I, do, I do feel really isolated in a way out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel, it's interesting, like, I'm not really a Midwestern guy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm definitely not a Nebraska kind of guy. <laughs> so I it feel kind of out of place. But I think it's a good feeling. You know, I think it's good to feel that way sometimes. Um, and suddenly giving me some space to try out some new things. And I feel, I mean, I feel like it's, it's actually oddly productive. Like, I feel like I've been pretty productive and, and um, lots of good things have been happening, even though I was, you know, kind of came to the, the Midwest kind of kicking and screaming. You can, I mean, you can ask my wife about that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um. Although I do, I, I really like Chicago a lot. I think Chicago's a great city, so. I say Midwest, but I kind of think when I think of Midwest, I really think of like Lincoln. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and and again, um, you know, you've had you you've had other so many experiences in that. I mean, um, you know, certainly like residencies um, is, is something that I I mean, kind of like a school are just such a luxurious kind of kind of time, you know. Um, but um, I mean, is that is that something that you think? Um, is a possibility in the future in terms of location? Because, like, for example, I, I have a friend out, out west or, who um, did a residency at the Center for Land Use Interpretation in Nevada. Yeah, sure. um, 
And, uh, you know, for, for me, especially one of the things that I loved about that is that, you know, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been to the West in so long. Um, I kind of had this weird nostalgia for it, which was kind of what my BFA show work was about. Um, and so whenever, whenever it was a couple of years ago that I wound up doing residencies and a number of them were out West, it's just something that, man, I just gravitate towards being out there. And so I'm just kind of curious in one regards, I mean, um, cause you're, you're East coast, right? Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, my, my mom's on the East coast, my dad's on the West coast. Okay. Uh, I actually think, you know, I've been thinking more and more about this. I think, um, ideal world, um, you know, Jen will finish up next year and we'll move out to like California. Okay. That's sort of like my ideal picture. And if that doesn't happen, I'd like to be somewhere near New York city. It's where my mom's in that area. So those are like the two, the two places I'd really like to be. But I think ideally, like I said, it would be California. Sure. There's something about the weather, you know, you get this great weather. <laughs> what you, you mean know, instead of, like, you mean instead of like a month of overcast <laughs> or two months? I think, exactly. you know, it's, it's funny, and there'll be a select few people that listen to this that understand this, but, um, you know, in, in graduate school in Carbondale, Illinois, I mean, I think there was like a three weeks where it rained, or there was like some ridiculous number of like 60 days with gray skies. So one of the, one of the things that I thought was amazing about um, Art 342 and, and Fort Collins, which, again, if you haven't checked out, it's an amazing place, is that Colorado gets 300 days of sunshine a year. So it's just an enti- I mean, it's just such an entirely different experience where you're, for me anyways, I'm always kind of feel like influenced in a positive way just by the, those kinds of surroundings, um, which is again, why, you know what I mean? Why I was kind of curious in terms of, you know, if that's something that might be potentially something that affects your work. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, you know, Lincoln is kind of like, believe it or not, Lincoln has that similar uh, weather pattern to mm-hmm. like Colorado. Right. So there's sun. So even when it's snowy, there's sun out, mm-hmm. which has really been, I mean, I've really, you know, been like receptive to, I mean, it's very different than the East coast, you know, it's certainly different than Syracuse. I mean, you, I don't remember which month you came to visit Syracuse. It doesn't matter. It was probably gray. Yeah. You know? I think it was like, I don't know, <laughs> February or something. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm definitely, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm definitely thinking about residencies again. Like it's been a while since I, the last residency I did, what was the last residency I did? Uh, I don't know. It's been a while. It was before graduate school. Right. So I'm actually coming up at a point, I think you brought, you know, you brought up a great, great, um, a great thought. Like, I think it's time for me to kind of go away, you know, right. and uh, I, I mean, it'd be nice to get away from, from sort of like teaching responsibilities and all the other stuff. Um, you know, it's nice, actually, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's nice to get away from the family, you know, right. um, and also to meet new people sure, you know, and new ideas and, and see it, new ways of doing things. I think that's what's great about the residencies is you meet all these different people working in different ways. And I mean, depending on if it's a, you know, if there's more people or less people, but, um, I've been thinking about definitely looking into some, um, some, some residency opportunities. Uh, the Art 342 is one that I checked out the other day. Actually, I was looking online. looks really nice. It's a, it's a great place. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, this, this, the way that I, think, that I think of it in my head makes me sound crazy or weird for saying, but um, there's this thing that I think happens for people that especially have done like a number of residencies or, or just kind of had these experiences where for me, when I meet people in that environment, 
it's just really exciting. You know what I mean? Um, people seem to be so in that moment, you know, of kind of seeing everything kind of connected, you know, um, and how that might kind of get resolved in terms of that studio practice, which, you know, I guess in a, in a, a way to kind of bring this full circle to Chautauqua, I mean, you know, had I not had that experience, I mean, it might've been something that I just never would have, would have known about, but there's something that is just so interesting where you're, where you can talk to somebody that, that spends that amount of time working where the, where their day is just all about it. And, and you can kind of understand it, you know, instinctively, like where they're coming from without even really having to kind of exchange it. And I, I don't know, it seems like, um, I don't know, it just, it just seems like such a great experience to be in that, that environment. Um, yeah. and so my, my last thing, my last question for you, um, so what was the last great thing that you saw? The last uh, great, was, great art. Yeah. Um, let's think what this last um, and I don't mean smart, Arjan, I mean, great. I mean, something that you had to get yeah. new socks, you know? I mean, there's two, <laughs> two things. <laughs> oh, it's, it's tight out here. Um, it's been a couple things, um, you know, actually surprisingly the, when I saw the Richard Serra drawing retrospective at MoMA, you know, I guess that was last spring, mm-hmm. um, it actually had a really kind of pretty strong impact on me. I mean, I, it wasn't something I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if you, I don't know if you, did you see the show? No, no, I haven't. I mean, they were like, you know, just like his sculptures are like these man, they're just like monstrous drawings, you know, just the biggest drawings you could ever, like, bigger than you could even imagine, you know? And, but they were installed in a way, but that show was really powerful. And it kind of, like, it kind of made me feel real insignificant, you know? Because you looked, I looked at this, this show, and I, I thought to myself, wow, like, and, you know, this is fucking Richard Serra. Like, I'm never, right. <laughs> I don't even have, I don't even think I have the ambition to be like right. you know? Like, I don't even have that. Like, forget the word. <laughs> I don't even have the ambition to, like, try to try to fill this space this way. So that was really powerful. And I thought they were actually surprisingly good. And I, w- I was not anticipating that at all. I wasn't even... I went in with a kind of actually probably with a more like, eh, Richard Serra drawing. Okay, I'll go see it, you know? Right. And when I got there, I was, like, blown away. Actually, it was not at the moment. It was, or not at the moment. It was at, um, it was at the Met. It was at the Met. And uh, so that blew me away. Um... Because and actually, last time I was in New York looking at galleries, the three I think like the three best things I saw were like old timers, which was interesting. And then actually, there so was a great show. I actually, really loved. Got the catalog, and it's still been pe- kind of pouring over it. There's this great show called um, Pattern ID that was at. Um, I think I traveled around a bit. The, the version I saw was at the Nelson. No, it was at the uh, Kemper Museum in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty pretty amazing show. Um, Got some some really great pieces in there. There's an artist named James Goebel who makes this um, makes these pieces out of felt. They're these paintings out of felt. The reproductions are are not good. They look really tacky. And when you see them in person, they're pretty. They kind of just blow you away. Uh, Michaeline Thomas had work in there. Was, you know, her work's great. Um, uh, who else was there? Kehinde Wiley had some paintings. Um, Nick Cave. But it was a really nice. I think the show was really good. It was really had a nice kind of thesis. And it also was right up my alley, you know, again, thinking about pattern, abstraction. This is specifically about pattern, how pattern relates to identity. But it was a um, pretty awesome show. And I, I think it's probably been in better. Kemper's kind of small, so it probably had better forms. But those are the two things recently that um, 
that I was uh, pretty taken with. Right. Well, and it's interesting just because what you said kind of brought up this this little thing um, where somebody informed me recently um, that um, they much loved uh, Mirandi. Um, I didn't. I didn't know this. Apparently, he lived at home with his yeah. three sisters. Yeah, man. His entire sad. life. So you, you ask, you know what I mean? What What does it take for somebody to be a Richard Sarah or something like that? And you, you, I don't know. I think for me, I kind of really think like it really takes a lot of will for some of these folks. I think, um, you know, you wonder if it's just like the way that the the roll of the dice works. But I, I, you know, what I mean, I think there's kind of like a compulsive. You know what I mean? A compulsive kind of behavior, or you know, like almost like an addiction, a drive that these that that some people have really to be able to do that kind of work. I think almost. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And so, um, with that note, I, I don't. I, I intended to go out on that question for you, but uh, uh, that's, that's cool. It's one of those things where when I'm talking to you, you always kind of have interesting things to say that kind of lead you into other places. Um, thanks, Dave. I appreciate so, it. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Um, thanks for um, thanks for having me add a segment to the to the show. Yeah, for sure. And again, you can you can catch up this uh, podcast on Studio Break, and and there'll be more uh, in the future. Cool. So thanks again, Arjan. Yeah, sounds great, Dave. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to Arjan for joining us at Studio Break. You can find out more information about him and his work at studiobreak.wordpress.com, where you can also find old episodes, and please leave us some feedback. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.